Fly ball, left field, it's deep. And it is Hey guys, and welcome to Broad Streets of Britain, a UK Phillies podcast, episode number 17. That's a, that's a good effort for our first season doing this. I'm happy with that, boys. Uh, as ever, I am joined by Ryan Owen. Ryan, how are you, buddy? It's been a glorious week here. It's getting freezing cold, but uh, other than that, the heating's on. Good to go, mate. Fantastic. And, uh, and Alex, how are you, buddy? It is also freezing cold in Vermont, <laughs> where I currently reside. Uh, but I'm I'm good. I'm I'm glad the uh, the season has come to a close, and I'm I'm ready to relax a little bit and re- recharge the batteries. Just a weather report down here. As it seems to be weather reports. It is miserable and cold here as well. Autumn Yikes. fall has as well and well and truly kicked in. Uh, so we're gonna the season's finished, as Alex said. It's uh. I'm sort of missing it already, but I'm I'm quite happy for the break and to to reset the batteries. Uh, have you guys been watching the wildcard games? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, the game one, the NL game was was that, that top of the eighth? Was it bottom of the eighth? That was wild, man. Yeah, bottom of the eighth. Bottom yeah, I mean. Hayda throws some electric stuff, and he he was like really he wasn't just throwing those pitches; he was trying to like throw them at a speed that he hasn't thrown them all season. Well, that's that's been happening all over. I mean, Jesus Lazardo was Devin Fink tweeted that uh, Jesus Lazardo threw two of his hardest pitches of the season uh, last night. Uh, at like 99.7 and 99.2 or something like yeah. that. Yeah, he was he was gassed, which is awesome. <laughs> I, I love seeing guys get... And Scherzer was throwing 99.2. Yeah, so Scherzer Woodrow. had some velocity. Yeah, they were... I mean, Scherzer got burned for it, but I mean, they were really gassing it. That was awesome. I love watching this. I, I love October baseball. It's, it's amazing. Like, if you're a Brewers fan, I just cannot imagine it. Your oh. whole season is done on one... Well, I suppose it's not all on that error because two runs would have scored probably anyway. Uh, and Hayda looked like he was starting to struggle towards the end. But what a sickness. What a sickness for the Brewers. You know, you know as well, it was it was really cool because when the Brewers, I think, got a hit then in the next inning. And I don't know whether you noticed that the, um, the outfielder for the Nationals sort of really, really made sure that he got his glove down and got that ball like right in front of him just to make yeah. sure that he didn't do exactly the same thing that, that I think, who was it, Grisham, that made the error. Yeah, poor, poor Grisham, man. And then uh, did you see one before he hit that, that, I don't even know what to call that, that single turn double, I guess? Yeah. He was on like a 3-1, I think, from... Uh, from Hader, and he he stared him down, wound up like a bolt to to like tell him that he's ready to hit the next pitch that he throws, and and he hit it, and he won them the game, which is just absolutely crazy. I, I Juan was... Soto is something else, man. That guy, yeah, he's yeah. 20, 20 years old. I I, I kind of liked it as well. Just before we got tagged, he was he literally. He was so pumped up and so energized. Yeah. He literally went, "Come on, tag me then!" Just, <laughs> yeah, he forgot yeah. to get back on the second <laughs> yeah, he, tag. He, he was, was trying cool. to stretch for three. 
<laughs> yeah, he was so caught up in it all. And then, as soon as he saw he was about to get tagged, he was like, tag me, tag me. I do not care right oh, now. Oh, man. Um, yeah, that was, that was fantastic. And last night's game, the A's, what's their record? Like nine straight losses in, in yeah. playoff baseball now? That's... I think it's seven Damn. or nine. I can't remember that. It's, it's on, not in playoff. It's in, it's in deciding. Deciding game games. Baseball. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, is that so, is horrible. Which is so sad. It's, that... yeah, for winner go home games. It's so sad. But that, I mean, kudos to them for getting, I mean, the American League is not nearly as competitive as the National League, just based purely on, you know, uh, tanking teams and whatnot. But, mm. I mean, good for the A's and good for the Rays, too. I mean, you can't discount the Rays on this factor either. They're, they're on a, you know, 55% payroll and still they're, lowest you know, l- Lowest budget in the MLB, I believe. Yeah, they're, they're killing it. So good for them. And hopefully some more drama this week. We're going to go through the Phillies season. Um, I, just before we came on, uh, it was announced that Callaway's been sacked from the Mets, boys. What Dang do you it. reckon? I know. <laughs> Dang I, it! I know. I, I was I was really hoping they'd keep him on because uh, he I I really I don't think Mickey Callaway was a good manager at all, and I think the Mets front office would agree with us. But uh, I, it's it's sad that he has to go, uh, and I'm sure they will they'll replace him with someone just as inadequate. But. <laughs> It's, it's definitely a bummer. It's a bummer, but oh well. Yeah, I mean the Mets. The Mets are it's such a tasty roster in so many ways. I mean, the, a manager that takes over there will be full of confidence, as far as I'm concerned, because they got some really good players, and uh, it's a good, it's a good situation. The NL East is as competitive as ever, and I'm pretty sure the Marlins are going to be better as well. Perhaps not good enough to compete yet, but better and um they will really looking forward to it next season it's gonna be fun that's better hurry up because that window is closing fast i mean you've got cinder due to be a free agent in a bit stroman's a free agent next season uh you know of course there's pete alonzo and jeff mcneil who are great and uh so is conforto and uh Mm. maybe even you know some of their other guys but and jd davis if they hang on to him but like you know with the Cano contract really laboring them down, as well as, you know, those, those like the Cespedes contract and, and all that, you know, they have a very small window and they need to cash in really quickly. So I'd expect them to be uh, pretty big players on the free agent market this year. Yeah, one, yeah. one thing's for sure. The NL East is going to get even stronger next year because the Marlins are going to definitely improve, like you said. And so should we, especially with the rotation. Yep. I, think, I, th- I think the Braves... We looking to spend as well. The, Nats, the fact it's... of the matter is, 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 there are there are four teams in the NL East that are that are capable of winning ninety games, uh, and, and that's that's a pretty scary thought. Uh, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Mets do um, with Wheeler. I mean, they see whether they try and re-sign the guy. I don't know. Um, Degrom obviously is there. You mentioned Syndergaard, but Stephen Matz has just put together a, a season that not many people thought that he would, and that was nice to see from a Mets perspective. And it looks like Strowman is a fairly nice addition. The pitching's never really been their problem, has it? But um, but staying staying healthy on the uh, offensive side, and you know, you never know. I I, I still think that they next season um will be just fine. And, and yeah, we'll see. Do do we think uh, the Nats keep hold of Rendon, or do we think he's definitely going to be a free no. agent? The, the the offer that they made to the that they made to Rendon is an insult, and I think it's ridiculous that they keep doing this 
just because it worked one time with Max Scherzer. It's actually I I really think it's 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 sad to see them offering so much deferred money. Mm. Uh, yeah, something crazy like two two thousand thirty seven or twenty thirty seven, wasn't it? Something like that. Well, that was for that was for Harper, I think. No, twenty fifty two or something like that. But Rendon. Was a, his his deal was apparently due to be structured the same as Scherzer's, where the uh, deferred money is paid off within ten years of, of his leaving. So actually, right. probably you're right, twenty thirty two. Um, but it's still it's 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 ridiculous that they'd even make that offer. He's a guy that deserves all of his, you know, two hundred ten million or whatever he's going to make. He deserves yeah. all of that guaranteed, and he deserves it when, in that time frame that he deserves to be paid. So I. I don't know how they expect to keep hanging on to try to hang on to these guys when when they keep making insult offers. It's can, it's ridiculous. Can you just say in the National League, please, because I own him in an NL only fantasy league. No, <laughs> no. Oh, you want him out? Sorry, oh, you want the Phillies? <laughs> what if he signs for the Phillies? Is that okay? Phillies is fine. Anyway, I am. Please get out. Get out. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, right before we go into the Phillies season, just to Couple of bit of admin bits. Uh, thank you to Ryan. Good to see you at the Pashyunk uh, Avenue meetup on Sunday. Yeah. It was a it was a really good really good night. There was a, about twelve of us in the end. Uh, we had Dodgers fan there, uh, UK Royals fan uh, guy was there, and uh, six of the Marlins guys. And you know what? It was a really wow. good the result. It was a really good Ooh. evening. We had the, the bingo, which the Dodgers fan won. Fiverr entry and. Um, I think I was a half a cycle away from winning. Uh, <laughs> that was never going to happen. <laughs> and and also they they threw a quiz as well between every inning, which was uh, which was a lot of fun. And I came second in that, so I'm proud Very of that. Cool. But uh, it was a really really good week, uh, um, good event, and we're going to try and do it again for possibly opening weekend, at the start of next season. Because of course it's Phillies v Marlins again to kick yeah. things off in 2020. Good so. Start. So we're going to look to have another joint event at Pashyunk again because it was a really, really good night. And, uh, you know, it all hinged on Andrew Knapp walking it off at the end and <laughs> it, it never happened. But um, thank you to the Marlins UK guys who were brilliant and to, to everyone that turned up. Uh, we even had a couple of guys who were from Philly who, who um, stopped by as well and said hello and, uh, and watched a bit of the game with us as well. So that was really cool. Uh, and talking to 2020 guys, um, as you may have seen on Twitter and on Facebook, we're going to be launching a new website coming very shortly, which uh, which our man Ryan's on to at the moment. Uh, we, we've nearly finished, haven't we, Ryan? We are not far away. We are Ooh, We are incredibly close. Yeah, so that's going to be fun. Um, a little bit of a, a blog um, on there um, from myself, Alex, you, Dave, and any fans as well that want to contribute if they've been out to Philly to watch a game or if they've indeed come to the UK and visited Pat Young and the guys, any sort of Philly-based fun, um, we want to hear about it and we want to get it on there and share the love. Absolutely. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading blogs and articles from both uh, yourself, Ryan, and Alex. And yeah, like Ryan said, any of you guys inspiring writers who would love to give it a go and writing for the Phillies, please get in touch uh, or any of your trips over. If any of you guys are going over to the States to see the Phillies, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's in uh, the West Coast, Central, wherever you're going to see them, let us know. We would love you to write about it and, uh, and just share your experiences. We want it to be a fan's website. We want it to, to bring the fans together. It's, it's a bit of fun, you know, and uh, 
plus some great articles from yourselves. Uh, we'll also have a new merchandise store linked to that website as well, which we're working on and trying to make it into an app as well, which will be, which will be fun. It'll be cool. It's sort of getting with the down with the kids with these apps and <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to bring it to the 21st century. Um, we'll also be uh, working more on the YouTube channel next year as well. Um, got a new bit of broadcasting software to my laptop which we're going to be working on next year trying to bring you some live uh, after game reviews series previews uh some more live games commentaries uh, with some graphics some images some highlights just some cool stuff like that um again it'd be get you two on and get any fans who want to come on again it's just it's for the fans it's something fun something new uh so we're going to hit that up again next season as well uh, so yes, exciting times, boys. I'm looking forward to working with you, for, uh, you two next season. Indeed, Very I can't nice. wait. I, I get super geeky in the off season, guys. Once, <laughs> once this cold weather's out, I'm locked up in my what I call my office, which is basically a sports den, um, <laughs> and I just sort of study statistics on Baseball Reference and. Yeah, this is the time of year that the juices start flowing for me, and then when the baseball starts, we we see what rubbish I've come up with. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to seeing it, mate. And keep your eyes peeled, guys, because uh, we will post it on social media uh, or on Instagram as well, I've got to say. If uh, if you haven't followed us yet on Instagram, I've put a few posts up there. Instagram's hard to get going, man. That's like, uh, at least Twitter, you can get retweets and stuff. But Instagram, people have got 50 followers. So, yay, little milestones. Hey, that's not bad. So we'll, bad. we'll take that. We'll take that. <laughs> Well, um, we'll start once we start getting uh, once we start getting some more multimedia content like photos and some video clips that we can put up there for, for uh, you know from the YouTube and things like that. I think we'll we'll start having a lot more uh, a lot more stuff to put out for that. So that'll be absolutely fun. yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we're gonna hit it on on all angles. Next, we're coming at you at all angles next season, guys. Uh, so we're full really frontal. excited. <laughs> full, for, full frontal from uh, Alex. Uh, yeah. All right, hold on. Slow. <laughs> <laughs> right, shall we shall we get into this guys? Yes, let's. Let's let's get into the Phillies. Well, October baseball's going on. The Phillies sadly will not be taking part again. An 81-81 record, 16 games back, 500 minus 20 differential. The home record wasn't too bad. 145 no. lost lost 36 the road. 136, lost 45. There were some brutal losses on the road. That stat could have easily changed because we lost some heartbreakers on the road, um, mainly to the Marlins. Um, during, throughout, throughout the months, May, which was arguably our hardest month, this is so Phillies, uh, the Phillies went 17-11. Um, it was that dreaded month of the Cubs, the, the Brewers, the Dodgers, everyone going, oh, we're going to come out of that with a losing month. 1711 uh, mm-hmm. and and then we June killed us 1116 July 1211 August 1314 September 1216 ouch yeah it got bad after May one run games we were 20 and 20 interesting stat amazing how many of those have gone the other way and one we could have easily had a wild card place um yeah so guys after May, after the All-Star, it didn't go as planned again, Alex. Yeah, you know, the biggest, I, I, I keep stressing this, you know, to people that I've been talking to on, on Twitter and, and the like, uh, the biggest contributor to a winning streak and, and to building up a solid 
you know, a, a, a big chunk of wins is a pitching staff. And that's just something the Phillies did not have. Uh, and, you know, if, if you look at, you know, the offense surely wasn't as prolific as we expected it to be. But when you, when you boil it down, the, the primary issue lies within the starting pitching. And I think that's where you have to, you have to look at this offseason and say, if we do anything, we at least have to pick up two self-sustainable, passable, yeah. proven major league arms that can get us six innings of work. And then we can hand it over to the bullpen, which, you know, will hopefully be back at full strength next year, uh, minus David Robertson, who is going to be out for the majority. But we'll see. Uh, we still don't have a timetable on him yet. Uh, no. So he could do something miraculous and recover by July, or he could be all the way out in full September. So we don't know. But hopefully we can assemble a starting staff where Jake Arrieta is not our number two. And Nick Pavetta is not on number three, and Vince Velasquez is in the end, so on. You know. Yeah, it's it's, it's essential. Two new starters at least is essential, isn't it? Yeah. It it has to be top of the list. The, the average the the hitting was pretty middle of the road as well. Uh, the average in the MLB, uh, we finished on what two four six average, twentieth in the MLB. Home runs two hundred and fifteen, twenty second in the MLB. Runs seven hundred and seventy four, fourteenth in the MLB. Uh, Ryan, the offense was really hit and miss, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, but there is a there's a core there that is very talented, and it it was obviously nice to see Harper have a very very good season, um, sort of over four on the wins above replacement, and played well. Um, obviously, Hoskins had a tough second half, but overall contributed a, a pretty good season for a first baseman at the major league level. And we had, obviously, Real Muto, who's had a fantastic season. And a really nice surprise for me to see him take the leaps that he did. Scott Kingery has contributed fantastically well this season and will be a major part, as will Adam Hastley next season. So the offense, to me, is a positive point, And there might be just... I would like to strengthen the bench. I, I don't feel like the Phillies really worried anyone. Once we got into close games and we were into extra innings, was sending Andrew Knapp and Phil Goslin out there and Sean Rodriguez, that really wasn't enough to get the job done. So just a little bit more depth on the offense, but overall, something to build on. I'm pretty, feeling pretty good. Well, you know what? Somebody just wrote an article on the good fight about a strong Phillies bench next year that you should all go check out. <laughs> His name is myself. Uh, but yeah, no, I'm 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 with Ryan there. Uh, the the main thing that we saw this year is a real lack of production from yes the bench, but also from you know third base. Uh, we didn't see a lot of production from left field after McCutcheon went down. But then again, who really prepares for people to be out for, you know, the entirety of a season? Well, this, is what, this is what I was just going to say, uh, Alex. Like, we were stretching the bench, but yet a lot of our bench players turned into regulars halfway through the season. and we Right, which should the, never happen. Right, exactly. So the, the depth was, was tough for any team in our situation. But, but you know what? It's, it's due to be a lot better next year, especially if these holes that have become very apparent are filled in the proper manner. 
so, you know, we, we have an obvious glaring hole at third base until Alec Bohm comes up. But, you know, somebody like Howie Kendrick, who's on the market, could be very suitable to fill that stopgap area, mm. you know, prior to his call-up. We also have, you know, pretty glaring holes. There's one unfilled hole on the bench for an infielder uh, if they bring Brad Miller back. If they don't bring Brad Miller back, then there's two. But, you know, there are guys like Brock Holt. Uh, there are guys like Brad Miller who could definitely be brought back. Uh, there's Chris Owings. There's, you know, Jason yeah, Kishis, who mm. I know is not, you know, the, the, the premium guy that he may have once been. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's Ben Zobrist, who, yes, is 39 years old, but he's one of the best utility players of all time, arguably. So, you know, there's a lot of options out there, and, and it shouldn't be too expensive. So I'm not necessarily worried about the major league bench. And then AAA is looking to be stacked. Stacked, I mean, yeah. there's, there's – and I, I, I've – on my post on The Good Fight, um, there have been a few people that, you know, they're asking if, if the post that I just made is, is a parody that, that, you know, when since when have the Phillies had a stacked uh, minor league roster? And I just point them directly to Redding this year. Redding made the playoffs. Redding was absolutely brilliant. I mean, Mickey Moniak had a career season. Alec Bohm came up halfway through and killed it. Uh, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of big talent. Spencer Howard, Connor Siebold, David Parkinson is looking like a really good back-end guy. Yeah. Joe Romero's going to try to bounce back. I mean, there is a whole mess of talent that's making its way to AAA, and it's all coming to a head next year so you know those who have been commenting asking if you know i was being serious about that post of course i'm being serious because it's true it's just reading is translating to AAA, and that's you know it's going to be really really awesome to watch so i think a lot of people are in for a surprise when it comes to depth next year that's great and i say ryan and kingry kingry she has made our final four in the uh, player of the season poll so everybody's behind uh, the good year that kingry has had this year um in division records, uh, ten nine against the Braves. Oh, small victories, small victories. <laughs> I'm taking uh, it. Nine ten against the Marlins. Yeah, that's my next line. <laughs> however, however, the flip side, nine and ten against the Marlins. Oh, and, and, and considering everybody else in the division really beats up on the Marlins, this this was our big kryptonite in the end, wasn't it? Yep, yep. There's, I mean, there's nothing to say. You got to be able to beat bad teams. That's just, yeah, you correct. Can't take a day off, but that again, that lies in the pitching staff. I mean, I can't count on two hands. Well, I mean, I could because we lost ten games to them. But I mean, the amount of times that you know their offense just pounded our starting pitching or our yeah. bullpen, and you know, there's there's nothing our offense could have done about it. That that um, what was it, seventeen to nine game? I mean, in any situations, nine runs should be enough to win you a game. Uh, and, do, you, you know, do, you think, I, do you think, guys, that there's a mentality issue when playing teams like the Marlins? Because we struggled against the lower teams. Pirates and Reds are another example of two yeah. sides we should have been beating. Do you think there's a bit of complacency or a bit of... Why, why are we smashing teams like the... Well, not smashing, but why are we winning, winning seasons against the Braves and the Mets and, and the Cardinals and the Cubs? And tie against the Brewers, but yet losing series like the Pirates, the Miami Marlins, the Reds. What? Why? What is it? A mental thing? Do you think as well? I think it's. I think it's truly as simple as the pitching staff. I mean, we lost the whole bullpen, so we can't keep 
close leads. And, you know, some of those games, regardless of the difficulty, are going to be close because that's just baseball. You know, it's, it's very, it's, it's very oh. volatile. Uh, but when you're starting pitching, can't even give you, you know, a good starting point, a good jumping off point. There's nowhere to go but down. I mean, if you don't trust the guy that you have on the mound to carry you through the game, you're going to have some rotten luck, you know, beating those bad teams. So I don't know. I think that the majority of the problem was, was a non-competitive starting staff. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And the Phillies have found some things out. I mean, I when you asked the question on Facebook for all the different sort of what was your high point, your low point, yeah, and all the rest of it, one, Dave, yeah. um, I think that Nick Pavetta to sort of jump jump the gun was the sort of major sort of put an asterisk next to him and say what, what on earth went on because it, everything pointed towards a guy that was getting swinging strikes at a very elite elite clip the, the season prior um, and actually was getting first pitch strikes, which often foretells good control, at a very good clip in 2018. So for him to take the step backwards that he did um, was absolutely gutting for the Phillies organization. Um, and then, of course, I think the other part was the injuries in the bullpen and I, and I don't want to make an excuse for Gabe or for the team in general but the injuries in the bullpen were absolutely debilitating for the team as the year went on and I, I don't think we ever truly got over that I mean look there there is merit to building bullpen depth and you know we we did have that to a degree I mean we were never supposed to call up JD Hammer and Edgar Garcia JD Hammer had like Suarez. three he pitched. He pitched well. Suarez was was part of the depth um, because he was he was in AAA uh, and he'd come up last year, so he had his first taste. He was ready to go, but and he's been brilliant out of the pen, by the way, um, mm. especially in September. But you know, we were never really supposed to have to turn to guys like JD Hammer and like Edgar Garcia because Edgar Garcia got the call directly from AA, and JD Hammer got the call after three games in triple a that should that should never happen especially for a reliever there's a thing there you can fast track guys but there's a difference between fast tracking and just jumping the gun yeah and so that was never supposed to happen and there is merit to to building depth but nobody expects to lose an entire bullpen not even the greatest you know gms of all time expect to lose the entirety of their bullpen in one season uh, do, you th do you think, Alex, that the Phillies should avoid, and I'm not saying they made a mistake necessarily, but the, the Nishek and Hunter deals that they went out and did, are you, are you expecting now the Phillies as an organization to say, do you know what, perhaps some of these guys, the guys that you just mentioned, they were thrust into it a little bit this season, but that might be a good thing for us next season, and therefore we're not really going to go out and spend any of our dollars, which they do have in the bank, ready to go on relief pitching. Well, you know what? The, the interesting thing is there are a lot of bounce-back relievers this year uh, on the market that could really um, be wise purchases. Uh, I don't think they should go after you know, as much as I would love to have Will Smith. And I, and I think if they're going to exceed the luxury tax, they should go all out. They should go sign as many, you know, back end and premium relievers as they can uh, to one year deals or something of the like, uh, or, or they should, you know, spend their money 
where they can without being draft penalized uh, by the luxury tax. But, uh, you know, I think somebody like Jeremy Jeffress or Blake Trainin, if he gets uh, non-tendered or, uh, you know, Colin McHugh is we ha- we don't have a long man in the bullpen. I mean, Nick Pavetta and Jared Hughes were the guys that we were turning to to pitch multiple innings, which Surely that is Velasquez. Come on, Velasquez. If we open the season with Vince Velasquez in the starting rotation, then to me, something's gone wrong. Now, I'm not saying the Velasquez. Actually, Velasquez has just been Velasquez this season. And that. I don't mean that negatively. He He's done pretty much what he's done every single season, which is prove that he can't really go deep into games and prove that he has a very good ability to get swinging strikes, but not that great on control. So to me, I don't really have a problem with his performance this season. I think the Phillies wanted him to step, take the step forward and he didn't. And and so we have to accept now that Vince is who he is and we can use, he's a useful arm, but he's got to be a long man in the bullpen. Surely. When's... I very much agree with you, but sorry, Dave, uh, but Here's the thing about Vince Velasquez. First of all, the thing about Vince Velasquez and Nick Pavetta, who both have minor league options, uh, so there's no need to say goodbye to them, you know, as quickly as you might want to, because Nick Pavetta is still in pre-arbitration, and Vince will be making surely as little as he possibly can, uh, which is in all eventuality non non-consequential to the payroll. Uh, when, but here's here's the biggest thing. If you really want to get rid of them, send them down to AAA. They can start in AAA, and they can force their way out if they really, really want to to hang on to them. Uh, and if they, you know, if they finally decide that they've, you know, come to some revelation in their game or something of the sort, then you can finally bring them back up. But there is no way in my mind that the Phillies don't go out this offseason, get two new starting arms, and then take a couple risks in the bullpen maybe and spend a little bit of your allocate a little bit of your resource over there and then let the guys that you know failed to prove themselves this year let them prove Mm. themselves in the lower leagues and then come up to to the big leagues no i i agree absolutely where's um where's adam morgan when's he due back because he he was doing well in the long relief yeah uh the 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 issue with amo this year now is that He's in arbitration fully now. He's he's ah. uh, gonna be he's gonna be a little bit costly, and he was out for the rest of the season when he re-injured himself. Uh, and you know there are also still guys like Victor Arano. Uh, there's Ed Dubry Ramos came back uh, towards the end of the season, but I don't think he'll be a major player next year. Um, and Sir Anthony's still around, so. You know, there are guys coming back, um, but Adam Morgan might be, uh, uh, you know, non-tendered this year, as might Cesar Hernandez, as might Michael Franco, uh, as might, you know, a whole bunch of the guys in the bullpen that uh, just aren't cutting it uh, and are due, you know, chunks of salary. And Hector Neris might actually see an extension uh, this offseason because he's getting into the heftier part of his arbitration and he's had two really good seasons yeah, uh, no, I agree with that. So, you know, can we might, wave might... goodbye to um Cesar and maybe just sign Mustakas or something? That just feels like we've got too many of these guys on the offense that 
are pretty decent. Like, I think Cesar is good. He gets on base, but there isn't much pop in the bat, is there? Let's be honest. And the same goes for Segura, and the same goes for Hastley, and the same... that You well, kind of know what I mean. Like, we need people that... Are, we just need one more bat in there, I think, that's capable of hitting 30 home runs. That's, that's my well, personal opinion. So here's the thing. Yes, waving goodbye to Cesar is probably what happens, and then I think they replace him with the aforementioned Howie Kendrick uh, or somebody that can start every day uh, until Alec Bohm is ready. But, you know, Alec Bohm could very well be that bat. He also very well could not be. We really don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why I truly do think, uh, and this is going to be in my premier article for our new website, uh, but I truly do think the most likely outcome is that uh, Anthony Rondon is, is, uh, going to become their top target, not because oh. they don't, not because they don't want Garrett Cole, but because they won't get him. Uh, you know, the the Yankees, the Astros, everyone's going to be a player for Garrett Cole. If you're not a player for the best pitcher in baseball, you're not a baseball team. Uh, Guys, if we sign, if if we sign Rendon and he plays with Harper and we still finish behind the Nationals. No. I, I, I'm not sure that I can survive that. <laughs> that's, that's something, that's something no, I, going on. But the, I, thing I, about, the thing about Rendon is that Rendon is a pure RBI guy. I mean, you put that guy in your four-hole or in your three-hole, and that guy's going to drive in runs. And that's what the Phillies are missing a lot of the time when Bryce Harper is cold, uh, is the ability to drive home the runs that they put on base. Uh, because, you but, know, we, we we have a bunch of guys that can get on base in McCutcheon and Hoskins and, and all of that, but we have nobody to drive them in that's not named Bryce Harper. Uh, so it's that's probably why I think Rendon is the most likely outcome. Uh, however, I think the chances are slim with the top of the market this year just because of how things are lining up yeah, over the league. Right. I agree. Guys, I was going to uh, cut it and then start it again. Uh, mini break mini break now, get on to a player by player review uh, we're going to do some of the social media comments I put out on Twitter and Facebook first <laughs> of all guys um, with two little game little game here boys uh, our top man with the average our top player's average with .280 who do you think that was guys Cesar Hernandez no or Gene Segura Jesus. It was Gene Segura, but he was yeah, point, okay, okay. point one ahead of Cesar. Yeah, all right, two all right. seven nine. Who was third? Do you reckon? Third. Ryan, no cheating. No cheating, Ryan. I'm not cheating. Uh, Hastley. No. Nah. Let's see. It was with point two seven five. Who would be any point two seven five? Oh, oh, JT, JT. JT, yeah. Ah, yes, of JT. course, yeah. Uh, stolen bases, two Phillies players shared the top spot for the team with 15. Who Bryce were the two? Harper. Bryce Harper and was Scott one. Kingery. And Scott, Scott Kingery was the other. Um, yeah, that's, we were just talking about in that, in that little break that we just took, we were just talking about, uh, tell him this place is supposed to be seamless. They oh, don't know well, that. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> well, for those for those who don't believe in magic, we just took a uh, we just took a little break and we talked about stolen bases. Uh, Scott Kingery is a guy that I definitely think uh, Kapsler could send more if he is coming back as as the manager next year. He's a guy that Gabe Kapsler can get more aggressive with on the base pass for sure. Because Absolutely. that guy's got speed. 
And that, uh, I, I think he needs to be sent more often. For sure. Dinner. We need to look at, I mean, I'm, I know that the guys do. They're very analytical. They'll know which players have higher success rates and who are good at stealing and who aren't. The idea of Kapler not sending people as often as other managers do, of course, is that he doesn't want to give away outs. He doesn't want those guys to get caught stealing because that's one less base runner. And I, I totally understand that. The problem comes with the theory is if you're on first base, what you actually need or what Kapler ideally wants is a home run because <laughs> a home run is a two-run shot. Bang, thank you very much. We didn't give up a free out and it's an extra run. It just feels to me a little bit like Gene Segura is a 10 home run to 15 home run guy. Adam Hastley is probably a 15 to 20 home run guy. Cesar Hernandez is a 10 to 15 home run guy. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that we need some more power bats if this theory of Kapler's is going to come to fruition. Yes, but also, you know, those power bats might reside, uh, we were also talking about in the break, those power bats might reside in, uh, in Alec Bohm, and they also might not. So we will... I think this year will definitely tell us if, if, if the offense is something that we truly need to worry about long-term. Uh, but I'm, I'm not necessarily sure it is because we've seen – I mean, look at the Rays. The Rays are in the playoffs right now. They've got guys like Tommy Pham. And, yes, Yandy Diaz did come back and uh, scorched two home runs last night. And he's an absolute monster of a person. Uh, but he also, you know, only hit one home run with the Indians. Or did he hit any? I don't know. Don't think um, he hit any. Yeah, well, you know, that's uh, that just goes to show. But, you know, it's, it's, there's something to be said for small ball teams. The, the guy that leads the, the Raisin home runs is either Austin Meadows or uh, maybe G-Man Choi. I'm, I don't know. Or maybe Tommy Pham. I'm, I'm not in front of my computer right now. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, we're, we're looking at a team of small ballers. And there is something to be said for that strategy. Sure. Because, and, and even though it's probably not our preferred strategy, we do have guys that are capable of clubbing quite a few home runs in, in Reese Hoskins and Bryce Harper in JT Riomuto. So I'm not necessarily sure that more home runs are what we need, even though, yes, our, our numbers were lackluster this year. I think that that number is obviously volatile, especially in a quote-unquote juice ball era. So... Uh, maybe they take this year to to kind of suss that out a little bit more. But I think we'll see an increased amount of home runs next year for definite. Yeah, because the Phillies are, the Phillies are not suddenly going to become the Rays. The the Phillies are not a, they're not going to be a small ball team, are they? Not with Gabe Kapler at the helm. If uh, I, I just yes <laughs> yes and no yes and no because Gabe loves his value and his outs and. Small ball does consist of, yes, you know, uh, the bunting and the, the uh, transferring runners over and sacrificing an out and what have you. But I don't, I don't know. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a Kapler-esque small ball that we could be after here. Uh, I don't know. It, it, there definitely is something to be said for uh, Kapler's conservation of outs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, if you get a guy on first and there are no outs, and you have somebody who is an adept bunter up next. Like, say, so let's put this scenario out there. If you have Scott Kingery, that he, he reaches on a single, and Adam Hazley's up next, would you rather let Adam Hazley bunt 
and attempt to leg out that bunt while also transferring Kingry to second. And then, you know, you have the pitcher coming up. They can bunt them over to third or what have you. But would you rather have the chance of scoring first or seeing what sticks in that seven, eight, nine, and, you know, trying to get a run home with three contact, primarily contact prone hitters. It, it's a really, really tough situation. Uh, yeah, I mean, in that scenario, he's not, he's not going to have Hastley bunting, bunting in the scenario you just outlined. He's, right. Yeah, he's, he's going to say swing away, and I totally understand that. And the, the graphs, in if you look at the graphs in general, in terms of, like, percentage chance of scoring, in the first scenario you gave with zero outs and you've just got a runner on first, almost exclusively... In a vacuum, you are better just sending three hitters, forgetting whether it's a pitch, forget if it's a pitcher. Let's just say it's an American League game. Almost exclusively, you'd be better just sending all three hitters out to hit. Um, right. and, and, and over the course of like, if you played that a hundred million times in a vacuum in a machine, you'd get more runs than you would if you started trying to bunt people over. Regardless, the problem is baseball isn't played in a machine, is it? So every right. player, every player is different. So it just feels to me like Kapler is very wedded to the analytical models, and perhaps someone just needs to get hold of him and say, look, you're onto a winner here. You're a very smart guy. The people around you are very smart, but a little bit of flexibility and pragmatism isn't necessarily a bad thing. Let's see if we can just take it and tweak it a little bit. <laughs> right, but if you don't bunt there, the question becomes, when do you bunt? Because if you have your one, two, three, four, five, six, as you know, it's it's Kutch to Segura to Hos- uh, to to Bryce to Hoskins to Real Muto. Who are you bunting? Because there there's you know all of those guys are capable of you know either popping into an out or hitting it out of the park. So who who are you? That's that's where it becomes a, a real question. But anyway, I don't want to divert us from our original topic. In our, no, in our, we're a long we're a long way from our, that. <laughs> Our little quiz that Dave was having us do. So I let, let's let's get back to it. Okay, with a with a hundred and we gone from stolen bases to bunting. That was a really good interlude. Yeah. Uh, we, it was 171 hits. Who was the team leader? Cesar Hernandez. It was with 178 strikeouts. Who was the team leader? Bryce Harper. It was the most uh, a who had the most abs of 612. Ooh. I don't know. Reese yeah, Hoskins? A... No, it couldn't be ABs because he had probably the most played. AB? Maybe Hernandez. Cesar Hernandez, yeah. Ryan is spot on. Cesar Ooh, Hernandez. Yeah. Uh, nice. Which pitcher got the most wins for the Phillies? Ooh, not a lot of those. Uh, right, only the 12. Aaron Nola. I was Aaron. And which pitcher got the most losses with 13? Pavetta? No. Zach Eflin? Zach Eflin. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which I was surprised at when I saw that. I, that thought, I mean, hey, all things considered, Zach had a really good year. I am I am, I am very, very excited to see what he comes up with next year. We will, we will, get, on, we will get on to the player-by-player player coming up. 
Yes. I'll, 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 let, you, I'll let you both have all your says on on the, all the players. All right, I'll wait. <laughs> oh, I, <laughs> I don't want to have tea at some point, but it looks like I'm here for the long haul. <laughs> really polite way of just. We'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. <laughs> uh, okay, your guys' thoughts and social media. I asked you on Facebook and Twitter for your highlight of the season. Can be a personal highlight. Uh, your lowest point player of the season most disappointing player for yourselves your playoff team what do you want to see happen in the off season and your 2020 ideal lineup uh so some of your comments uh, on facebook jim mckell hatton says high point i think there's gonna be quite a few people's um bryce's grand slam to win it against the cubs i think <laughs> i think that's up there with all of ours god um, yes oh lowest, god yeah oh yeah i know every time i think about it it's like oh such a happy memory uh, lowest mem- lowest point to main to name. Uh, player of the season, JT and Bryce. Most disappointing, Arietta. Uh Playoff hit team is Astros. Astros or Dodgers to win it. Ideal lineup, Harper, Hazy, Kutch, Reese. He'll come back. Kingery, Segura, Bohm, JT and Nola. Um, Jonathan Young says, my personal highlight was being at the Oracle Park to see Bryce hit two home runs one of which landed in the cove to silence the booing Giants fans. The Phillies won the game. Yeah, remember that one? That would seem quite cool to be there for that. Um, that was the iconic picture of him shushing the fans, wasn't it? Was that the game? That was, I think. I think it was. Yes, it, 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 it was. Yeah. It was, it was. Uh, Zach Campbell. A good, a good one. Says, highlight Harper walk-off feed the Dodgers. Yeah, that was... Did he get a walk off against Dodgers as well? He did, yeah. Because didn't, didn't they? Um, yeah, that's he did. right. Because because the outfielder dropped it, didn't he? He sort of caught it, or he caught it and dropped it, and then we walked it got, off. It got by him. It got by him. No, that's that was right. the Padres. That was the Padres. Ah, wasn't it? But, I can't. I can't remember. It was on that stretch. It could have been. Yes, uh, it was. Uh, yeah. Uh, I don't recall. La- last time I thought anything would happen with this team. Uh, low lights. <laughs> Uninspiring deadline moves. Uh, if we make it, fine. If we don't, uh, that comment from uh, McPhail. Uh, also losing McCutcheon. Player of the year, Bryce Harper. Hands down. Don't think we've ever had anyone with his all-round talent. Biggest disappointment, Reese. Far too va- valuable talent to give a second-half effort. Uh, playoffs rooting for Houston. Sneaky feeling Yanks will get it done. Off-season, oh boy. Two new starters, two new relievers, new manager. Uh, Dave really Lewis. Positive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it should be more positive. Dave Lewis, seeing us win a series in New York, lowest point, Kutch getting season ending injury. Player, Bryce, um, absolutely most disappointing. Ariata again. Playoff team, Oakland, although they're out now, so he thinks LA will do it. Off season, we'll be stronger on March 26th. Absolutely, Dave. Uh, that's all that matters. We'd love to see Dickerson back at Citizens Bank Park if possible. Most of all, I hope everyone gets behind the manager next year, whoever it might be. Amen. Uh, and Richard Weaver, games one and two with the Braves in person. Of course, yeah, we spoke to Richard in the very first podcast uh, when he was out there for the, the opening series. Cut his lead off, Hoskins Grand Slam, Harper's home run game two, all memorable man. That seems like so yeah. long ago. I was there for that. Yeah, I know. It was absolutely freezing. <laughs> Look, I I cannot wait for Andrew McCutcheon to be back in this lineup. I think a lot of, you know, the way the season started, everybody thought this lineup was going to be something really special. And I think Andrew McCutcheon makes a really big difference in that. So I think 
I, I, I'm, I, he's the most, he's the person I'm most looking forward to uh, watching next year. I think. Absolutely. Are they gonna play him in left field? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, We're yeah definitely. Yeah, well, I, I'm just saying they, they, they definitely. I, it, when they're gonna play him in left, they're gonna have Hazley in center and Harper in right. Okay, so. Yeah, there's, there's no other way to do it. There's, there's no other way to do it. Absolutely, Hazley's fantastic. No other, there is no other defensive option. Not, not only is, is has Hazley proved that he is more than just an average center fielder. Uh, and I, I was very spectable, skeptical to begin with because, you know, I, I've watched Adam since we drafted him, and I've seen him defend, and I've, you know, over many, many years. And uh, I certainly did not think uh, that his move to center would be as graceful as it was. But, my God, he, he made play after play after play after play and he just tracks the ball so well. I know he lost it in the lights a couple of times, but man, he really, uh, he's made a really nice transition. Yeah, he's I, been great. So, he, do you think that my, the point I was going to get at is, do you, do you think that that negates the chance that the Phillies actually do want to pay Corey Dickerson any money, considering he's sort of gets injuries fairly often just, in his career? <laughs> it's just not worth the risk. Uh, yeah, you know, he he gets injured very often. Uh, yes, he was an awesome spark plug in the uh, in the second half, but I I just don't think they can afford to squander extra payroll, uh, no. depending on what their what their tactic is uh, this year on something that they just don't need. It's not. I, a need. I, and we have we have Bruce and Kingery can cover out there as well, don't we? Yep. There's there's Bruce. There's Kingery. Miller is likely mm-hmm. to be back on a on a small deal, and then. Whatever other infielder they uh, they pursue, yeah. whether that whether that be Howie Kendrick or or somebody else like Brock Holt or whatever, they they are also very capable in uh, corner outfield spots. And Kangaroo can play center with, you know, with the really good company of uh, of other major leaguers, and and Hazley's proved mm. it as well. So and Roman Quinn, don't forget about Roman Quinn. I yeah, know, he, uh, he, he can make his cameo ten games. Yeah, you know uh, that that might be somewhere that they. Uh, might look to upgrade in uh gerard dyson's about to hit uh free agency so oh, maybe if he's willing to take yeah, a uh, smaller deal he is also very speedy he steal about 10 bases on the game cap <laughs> well yeah yeah but, you know, <laughs> i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm only joking it's, it's not uh, criticism it's just a joke when you have far. somebody when you have somebody so obviously fast uh like roman and i mean Scotty is fast, but he's not Roman fast. No, no, he's not. So when you when you have someone like Roman on the base path who is, who could literally bunt for a 250 average, uh, <laughs> I, I I don't think I don't think uh, you know it's even comparable. He'll hit Roman if Roman was able to steal or play a full 162, he'd steal like 70 bags a year. He's oh, he, easily. Absurd, he's absurd. Easily. The only thing about Roman Quinn is that every time he starts to really hit form and look like a player, like, oh, he's, he, he can be a handy player in our lineup. Uh, bang goes something in his body and yep. it's all over. But um, yep. fingers crossed for next year for him. And I like the guy. He's such a young kid. And it must be so tough mentally for him. He has he has such a cute family, too. I just He's he's really he's one of my favorite people to follow on social media. He's just such a good dude. Yeah. But absolutely. I digress. Yeah, uh, Jackie Brodie says highlight Harper walk off Grand Slam. Yes, uh, followed closely by meeting up with me in June. Oh, Jackie, that was uh, that was when England just won a penalty shootout in the Nations Cup. 
and I, I was going quite crazy in the Xfinity bar, and then lit, and then uh, uh, yeah, then she came up. Yeah, we we're watching that together. That was quite fun. And and Jackie, thank you again for Lucas's Phillies clothes. He still wears them. Not that he has any choice because I put him on him. But uh, we need more pictures, Dave. More pictures. I know. I need to get my Instagram game on <laughs> and uh, get get those up. Uh, low point every loss to the Marlins. Player of the year, Harper. Most disappointing, Hoskins. Breaks my heart to say it. Playoff team, Cardinals have family in St. Louis. Off season, pitching in Capitals. Ideal lineup, a healthy one. Yeah, yeah. Amen to That's that. That's a good answer. That's a good uh, answer. Twitter. Uh, yeah. We got some questions for you guys <laughs> on Twitter as well, which I'll get to. Uh, Matty One Iron, a highlight for the media season were the big steps forward to the young players like King Green Hazing, which just covered. Yep. Uh, we'd love to see the Phillies sign Hamels, Wheeler, and trade for another starter like Mike Miner in the offseason. Also, hope they let Boehm start right away at third. Good, great pod, guys. Thank you for listening, mate. Uh, Jeffrey Branch says highlight Harper's Grand Slam, lowest point, Capra's decision to pitch to Freeman last month. That's still a really hot topic for a lot of people. Uh, player of the season, Real Muto. Disappointing player, Hoskins. Hoskins is this is becoming a, quite a recurring theme. Playoffs team, Minnesota. What I want to see, starting pitching. Oscar, all the way over there in Sweden, uh, says my highlight. That Just real can't... quick. Yep. If you if you want to read about Kapler's decision to pitch to Freddie Freeman, you can go back on thegoodfight.com and uh, read the exclusive interview that our masthead got to do with him. Anyway, plug. Slight, love it. Slight plug, slight plug. <laughs> there you go, Jeffrey. There you go. All explained. Our man's, our man's got the dirt. He's got the gossip. He's got it for you. Oh, we try. We try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oscar says, my highlight that week I was in Philly for the first time ever and got to see us. Two walk-offs. Best time of my life. Oh, awesome, man. I know that was your first time over there. Wow, that's, that's cool. I've never seen a walk-off. All the times I've been over. Uh, so that's really cool. My lowest point when we got swept by the Marlins. <laughs> Player of the year, JT, both because he's the best catcher in baseball, but also because he hit the first ever home run that I presume he saw. I, I, yeah, he saw at the bank. Most disappointing, Reese again. I miss the old you. Uh, my playoff team, Athletics, well, they're gone. Uh, we will see in the offseason off is Garrett Cole or Strasbourg. I can't see Strasbourg. Or getting Rendon, then getting a middle rotation arm. Uh, Ethan at Bone Hype says, my highlight is Harper's walk-off Grand Slam. Lowest point, the 7-0 blown lead to Miami. God, I remember that so well as well. Yeah, that was tough. That that was brutal. Vince Velasquez. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, JT is my player of the season. Reese Hoskins, most disappointing. Playoff team is Oakland. I want us to see, and again, I want us to see sign Cole and Wheeler. I can't wait to talk about Reese Hoskins. This is, this, uh, this is burning me. When, when are we I getting know. to the player by player? Reese Lightning says, I've only got highlight. about 15 more minutes. I don't know if I can <laughs> stick around for the player for player, but we'll see. Okay, we'll see. I'll, whiz, I'll whiz through these. Uh, Reese Lightning says, Gabe's first career ejection. Yeah, that I love that. I, I really that, enjoyed that, that as well. That was fun to watch. And then he got two more. And he got two love, more. Gave it, love yeah, to see it. Absolutely. Uh, low point, Nick Vincent back-to-back walk-off losses. Uh, player of the Federal season. Walk. 
Literal walk. Lit- literal walk. That was a killer and another killer. Uh, player of the season, JT. And I'll tell you what, in the poll with the final coming tomorrow, that JT Harper final is going to be quite intriguing. JT could clinch it from Harper. Uh, most disappointing, Sean Rodriguez, Andrew Knapp. Uh, Andrew Knapp, the way I expected him to. I'm not disappointing him. Uh, playoff, <laughs> playoff team, Brewers. Now it's the A's. Well, they're both out. You've jinxed those both. Uh, off-season, Cole, Rendon, Hamels. Uh, XUK Pat, player of the year, JT Rumita, without a doubt. Uh, one more quick. Uh, oh, Ryan, who managed to get it in all in one tweet. Uh, highlights, opening day, low point, catch injury, player of the year, JT, most disappointing rotation as a whole. Your playoff team, Minnesota, sign Cole, two free starter, utility guys. Then this is ideal 2020 lineup as Kutch, Segura, Harper, Hoskins, Real Muto, Boom, Kingry, Hazley. Yes, please, my man. Um, yeah, okay. Thank you for everyone who uh, who did tweet in. A couple of questions for you guys. Where are they? From from the listeners. Uh, well, we've, we've covered that. Matty One Iron says, thoughts on how the pitching staff will be revamped. We've sort of covered that. Uh, Phil says, who plays left field, who plays centre field? We've sort of covered that as well. Uh, oh, that, oh, they were the question. <laughs> oh, Sean Oaks asks, if the Phillies clean house... Who would you guys like to see as manager, GM, and president? Oh, I'm very excited for that. Uh, I think, number one, the the most important role to fill to me uh, would be GM. And I think they have to go after Heim Bloom uh, of the Rays because he he has been the director of their player ops for... uh, I think two years now, and we've seen what they've put together. So uh, he was also in the original managerial interviews, or managerial uh, GM interviews with Matt Klentak in 2015. So uh, I think I think they have to go that route. He's an absolute genius. Uh, he's an Ivy guy. He's you know he's he's great. He's got it all. Uh, Manager-wise, it's really hard for me to say. Uh, I don't love really any of the candidates out there. I guess no. if I had to pick one, mm. it would be Girardi, maybe. Uh, maybe Dusty Baker is a guy that I'm looking at, too, just because of the Harper connection. and His overall managerial stats are really good. Uh, just keep me away from Madden and Scotia. I don't want do you, to be anywhere near either of those. Really quickly, guys, do you think there's anybody out in that free, you know, free agency? Well, do you think there's anyone at the moment who have just been sacked that are, are much better than Kapler? Uh, Brad. Brad Osmus is, is an interesting guy. Uh, you know, he's got a lot of experience. He's a young guy. He's uh, a good face to tack on to the franchise, and so is Gabe Kapler. Uh, but I think uh, everybody that's been let go uh, has about been deser- deservedly so. So I don't think yeah. uh, there's anybody I'm super interested in. Do you, do you think he's going to stay now? I mean, the, the rumor was it was going to be like Monday, gone, see ya. That hasn't happened. So what's your personal opinion on that, Alex? Do you, you think the longer this goes on, he's he's going to get another chance? Um, I actually think the longer it goes on, the worse it looks for him, probably. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Just because, just because <laughs> yeah. Jason, Stark, Jason Stark tweeted out the other day that, uh, you know, that, that – the fact that he hasn't been fired yet, actually, or they, that they haven't come out and spoken of his status. So they haven't said, you know, Cap is safe or Cap is gone. Mm. Uh, and the issue with that is that must mean that they're 
contemplating things far above Kapler's head. So, I mean, yeah, we're talking, we're talking, and we all know, you know, I think Gabe is a great guy. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with every single one of his managerial tactics, but then again, who would I agree 100% with? Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think uh, the, it's more likely than not that we might actually see a clean sweep in terms of uh, the front of house. Like, yeah, I, it has that feel to it. I, 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 it feels like a deadly silence at the moment. As in something, when it comes out, it's going to be, I can see it being a clean sweep. Yeah, I have a question. I agree. Here's, here's the interesting thing about that is that uh, if, you're going, if you're going to fire, I mean, if you're, you're going to fire the GM, you have to fire the manager. It, they almost work in tandem. But if you're going to fire the president, if you're going to fire, well, yes, but that, that's a given. I mean, Chris Young is gone and Charlie Manuel's not coming back just because He's not a hitting coach. He just came mm. in for an interim. Uh, he, he'll come back as an advisor, which is, I always love. But, uh, you know, it, the, the issue here is that if you're going to fire the president, then you're going to fire the whole regime. I mean, you have to start clean. Uh, so, so here's something for you to ponder, Alex, and, and you, Dave. The, Phil- the Phillies opened the season with a rotation of Aaron Nola, Vince Velasquez, Zach Eflin, Jay Carrietta, and please help me, guys. There was one Nick more guy Pavetta. there. Nick Pavetta, correct. Nick Pavetta. Thank you. That was the rotation. Now, do you guys think that there's anything that Gabe Kapler, as a manager, could have done to make that rotation perform better than it did? I mean, I can confidently say that he did what he could with the cards that he drew. Uh, and is it, 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 the is it the a coach? Because I mean, here's the thing: when 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 you give when you give the reins over to someone like Gabe Kapler, you know that you're getting the most thoughtful approach possible. I mean, you can say a whole number of things about Gabe Kapler, but the one thing that you can't say is that he doesn't think about every single move that he makes. And then, having talked with him extensively about these things, you're wrong if you think he just brushes those things off. Mm-hmm. He delves deep into everything that he, every decision he makes, and you know, there's a lot of things. And I'm, look, I'm not necessarily pro Kapler, but I want him I, back. I'm, I'm pro Kapler. Can I just say that? Let's get exactly. it out there. I on record. I on record. Say, and I don't care how controversial this makes me, and half the listeners probably throwing eggs at the yeah, well, uh, I, I iPhone or whatever. You know? <laughs> so the point is, I'm trying to get to there is that. He wasn't helped by the fact that that was the rotation coming into the season. He wasn't then, helped by the fact that we had a load of injuries in the bullpen. And the only thing that we really did that got everyone really excited, understandably, was sign Bryce Harper. Now, the Phillies did not have a great season, did not make the playoffs. The truth is, even if they'd finished five games above 500, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. We did improve. We, we had more wins this season than we had last season. So does Gabe not deserve a chance Can to I, a third season? My, my, my biggest frustration with Gabe has been his in-game management, I think. I think he's seen things reacted to things too late. Um, again, we had another bullpen mess this year to, to, as an example, but... I just, I just feel he he doesn't see the games. I mean, maybe that's an experience because he he still this is only his second full year, but 
to me, I think he just missed a beat with some decisions last season. Uh, and, it, uh, and, it, and it cost us. And that's fair, but here's the ultimate. Here's your what you have to focus on is when you look at firing Gabe Kapler, is there anyone else out there that would do a better job with this the is resources true. that they were given? This is true. And you can look at, you can point to Joe Madden, you can point to Joe Girardi, you can point to whoever the hell you want to point to. But the fact of the matter is, those are a bunch of, you know, for lack of a better word, they're, they're older minded, you know, coaches, managers, players, what have you. And they'll be going by gut. And it's a change. It's a a total change of culture. You, if you went by gut with a brand new bullpen, you know, we lost eight of our bullpen arms and you got guys in that you barely know a thing about. And you've only had a briefing meeting about them and you've never seen them in action except for film. And you have no idea what their stuff looks like the day of the game. If you're going with your gut, you're going to make just as many mistakes. And the fact of the matter is that's where the numbers really actually do help you is when you're being introduced to newer arms and to newer, uh, to newer players and, and, and their matchups and you have their entire history right in front of you. And I'm not saying that, you know, Girardi and, and Madden, they, that they wouldn't be analytically based, but mm. you know, you, is there anybody out there that's going to do a better job with the resources they were given this year? If they do decide to bring him back, this year is the real test. When they fill the holes that are so very apparent with proven talent. And then if nothing goes excruciatingly wrong and the Phillies still underperform, then you know. But, I mean, he's doing, he's done the best that he can. And he, Gabe has said this in, in, in every single, or he's meant to say it in every single one of the interviews that he's had. You know, He's, he's done the best with what he's been given. Mm. Uh, the best that he can. The best that he thinks that he can. And, you know, and, and on that note, I do have to cut out. But yeah, uh, uh, I, Alex. I, I think, it's, I think it's, it's very important to keep that in mind. While you may not like Gabe Kapler, you may not like his uh, decision-making brain or his in-game play or what have you, is there anyone else out there that would do a better job that is currently available to us as a club? Just think about that. We'll think about you know that. what, though? Alex. There have been, very quickly, There have been, I'll be quick, Dave. There, there have been some scenarios this season. I know I have a go at fans. Fans have their opinions, and they're totally valid. But I'd like to see more often fans criticize a managerial decision prior to the result being known. So this is a thing in a lot of sports. It's very easy, you know, it's very easy to say in soccer, okay, you should go and take that penalty. And then if that guy misses the penalty, say, well, why didn't you put the other guy on the penalty? You dumb manager. Like this is the same. This happens in baseball a lot. So they'll, they'll pitch to someone. It's a home run and they'll go, well, you should have taken Nola out of the game because he's at 105 pitches or you should have walked that guy. But I want to hear the criticisms prior to us knowing the outcome of the play. That's what I'll say. And you know what's very cool? If uh, if he does stay on as manager next year, we at the Good Fight, and also in by connection, we at UK Phillies will uh, have the direct line there. So if there's something that you guys yes. ever want to know, just reach out, and we can uh, we can ask the manager himself uh, what his decision making uh, came down to in the moment. Because he, oh. I will tell you, he very much recalls. He, he knows every moment of every game he's ever called 
and uh, he knows it by heart, and he knows why he made every decision he did. So, or, or, he, or, 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 he even if he even if he goes, we'll get him on. He can be he yep. can be our like expert <laughs> analysis. If he goes, we got a better chance of getting him on. <laughs> all right, boys, I, I I have to cut out, but thank you Alex, very much. Alex, all the again. best, buddy. I, always the best. Love you guys. Love you. Go Phil. Yeah. All right, Ryan. Let's let's do a player by player quickly. Then let's. Uh, Let's roll this off. Let's keep let's, let's keep it short and sweet. So okay. we're going to start with the catches. JT Real Muto, average points 275, 25 home runs, 83 RBIs, nine stolen bases. That's uh, more than I thought. Ryan, a quick word on JT's season. Player of the season. Great, great signing. Um, performed better than my, pro- my projections. Um, fantastic. And on top of that, defensively, and the amount of times that cannon came down to second base and got those runners, thank you very much. Couldn't be happier that he's a fool. Yeah, I've, I've got to say all those all those fantastic pickoffs. What he was plus forty in the end, wasn't he? By wow. far the best in MLB. Uh, I've got a feeling because it's going to be him v Harper tomorrow in the uh, UK Phillies playoff final poll. I think he's I think he's going to win it. I've got yeah, a funny close. I'm Team JT. Vote for JT. Oh, I. I, I <laughs> I think my vote will go to Harper because he gave oh. me the biggest joy with that grand slam. I just I love watching him. It's, that's tough. I'm gonna have to yeah. really think about that that vote. <laughs> um, Andrew Knapp, average two one three, two home runs, eight RBIs, 0.642 on base percentage. Uh, do you think we've seen the last of Andrew Knapp? Was that his last game we saw him on Sunday? Um, probably. There's, I mean, there's only so much that you can expect out of a backup catcher, but this is really, really <laughs> bad production. It's like an automatic out. So, yeah, maybe Gruon um, will be there next season. Yeah, Davey Gruon, we saw, we saw him a couple of games. Very small sample size. Um, you can't really judge him for what we saw of Davey Gruon, can you? No, definitely not. But there's power in that bat, and uh, it'd just be a bit more of offensively, it would certainly be an improvement. Um, we'll see. I don't think Nap will be around for too long. Uh, Reed Hoskins. There we go then, Ryan. Number <laughs> 17, first baseman. Average .226. That's after 170 at-bats, 29 home runs, 85 RBIs, two stolen basage, a percent, uh, on-base percentage of 819. Ryan, the floor is yours. Okay, eight one nine is his on base plus slugging because if his on base percentage was eight one nine, you, I, I don't think that's possible. But okay, point taken. Oh, OPS, sorry, OPS. Correct, sorry, correct. Point of order, Dave. Sorry, Dave, I got to pick up on statistical <laughs> anomalies. Um, guys, Reese Hoskins. If you're playing fantasy baseball next season and he's going way further down the list of first basemen than this season, get him because you're getting yourself an absolute bargain. There's, there's, he had a very bad patch towards the back end of the season. There's no doubt in that. And it was disappointing in the sense that he only hit 29 home runs. It's crazy that we're sat here now saying he only hit 29 home runs, but in that ballpark, with that ball um, in this era, yeah, that that was a slight disappointment. Having said that, my projections had him hitting 250. He hit 226. Batting average is very volatile anyway. We know that. The history of baseball shows us that. The likelihood is he'll tick up a little bit from 230 next season. 
I projected him at 36 home runs. Well, he hit 29. I think he'll hit over 30 next season over the course of a full season. I think that was an anomaly. And he's taking his walks at an, an absolutely elite rate. So even though the average was hurt, 116 walks to only 173 strikeouts. Now, Reese definitely has to get better at knowing when to swing and mm. the power <laughs> the power is so good and he does have elite power he if he can just get a little bit better at knowing when not to see a pitch and when to to swing then we're looking at a guy that to me can hit 40 home runs and i think you're getting a bargain next season if you're playing fantasy right. baseball i, I, I still Ryan, believe in this I, really I still believe in him Oh, I absolutely I do. It next, no doubt about it. Next year is a huge season for Reese Hoskins because he, he can't afford to have the season he just had. Um, to me, for me, I think that's as bad as it's going to get for Reese. I can only see an improvement. I'm I'm praying for him. I love the kid. But my point is, it wasn't bad. I know that's crazy. I I ha- it wasn't bad because his on base percentage was three his on base percentage was higher than it was in 2018 so are we saying that he had a good season in 2018 and a bad one in 2019 i i, I think there was many clutch moments that we could have done with reese that where before he would have come up trumps and last season we could have really done with him but yeah, I think that home run. I think he's going to hit thirty plus home runs. I think he's he's due for big bounce back next year next season. Believe, Dave. My belief I'm is believing. full he's in this guy. Boy. He's my boy. I, he's I fine. I can never go against him. Uh, Cesar, Cesar. I think we've made the last of Cesar. Average two point seven, uh, two seven nine, fourteen home runs, seventy one RBIs, nine stolen bases. I think all his stats have have come down, uh, have declined from last season. Do you think we've seen the last of Cesar? Um, as a Philly? Yeah, his on-base percentage is as bad as it has been pretty much as a Philly. Um, certainly a full-time Philly. Um, yeah, probably, because they're, they're, he's not going to hit more than 15 home runs. He's, he's shown us that. That's his ceiling, really. Um, and it's a shame. He does have a good batting eye, and he usually hits for average. And I just think that the Phillies will view this as a moment to not give him the money and to try and improve on our second base position. And I think they'll, they'll try and do that this off season. I agree. And I wouldn't even have him as a bench bat because uh, our next man, Brad Miller. So what says I had 612 at bats, Brad Miller had 154. He was only one home run behind him with 13 average of 2.60, 25 RBIs, two stolen bases. Majority of his games were, were pinch hits. Uh, I would like to see, in fact, I would love to see Brad back as a bench bat next year. But do you think that's what Brad would want at this stage of his career? He'll be looking for a, a full, you know, he'll be looking to play every day, wouldn't he still, I suppose? Well, the problem with Brad Miller is he can't hit lefties. <laughs> and when I say he can't hit lefties, I mean, he can't hit them. He He's, he's had 618 plate appearances against lefties in his career with an OPS of 618 and a buying oh. average of 225. So this guy is not going to find himself a full-time position. And if he does, that team isn't going to be very good. Um, having said that, as a bench bat against a righty in the right moment, sure, Brad Miller's very useful and he does have quite a lot of power. So, yeah, the Phillies can bring this guy back, but you want, you don't want to see him playing every day. It could get ugly. 
No, although his last 15, last 15 games, in fact, his last 10 games, five home runs, seven home runs his last 15 games. Oh, he was uh, torrid, wasn't he? He was, uh, he, well, he got, what, two two double home run games, I I, I think, especially the last That's right, day yeah. he did. He um, helped a guy in one of my leagues, in the National League only league. He picked him up as like a free agent in fantasy <laughs> and he just helped him to win the entire league. Like it was pretty close and Brad Miller was the difference between first and second, which is unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. I like, I like Brad. I, I think he'd be a good bench back for next season. Absolutely. Uh, it could be a sad departure because I love the guy. For Michael Franco, 27 years old now. 2.34 average, 17 home runs. I think nine of those came in the first month and a half. 56 RBIs. Uh, has Michael played his last game for the Phillies, do you reckon? Yeah, I, I try not to be. Yeah, I hope so. I have to be honest. I, I you know, I, and again, it's been fun, but he's shown us what he is. His, his maximum output over the course of a full season was 25 home runs. He's... He's going to hit about 250. He's about as average as average gets, except now he might be a little bit worse than average. And the Phillies can do better than that. Uh, you know, they, whether they play Scott Kingery at third base, who at least Kingery has this pop and this speed and this ability to, to yeah. hit doubles and triples, and he's quick. <coughs> and the Phillies can do better than Franco right now. So that's I think true. that's you know, done now. If, if 2020, as they've been saying for a long time, is going to be the year that we're really going to compete, I don't think, sadly, Michael Franco is going to be the man at the forefront of that. Gene uh, Segura, he's, uh, he's had career-low numbers this year. Disappointingly, 2. Uh, 0.280 average, 12 home runs, 60 RBIs, 10 stolen bases. Uh, I'm a little bit disappointed with Gene Segura. Well, I, no, I expected more. His numbers have been a lot higher coming into the Phillies. I was quite I was quite pumped by this guy quite excited coming into the season hasn't for me really delivered uh yeah I guess I guess that's true so we, we spoke earlier about the steals for sure the steals are down that's partly to do with the Phillies philosophy under Kapler so I don't want to maybe Segura's put a little bit of weight on as well as Alex um sort of referred to but mm. I wouldn't worry too much about that. I, I would say that he hit 12 home runs and he hit 10 in 2018 in Seattle. He hit 11 in 2017 in Seattle. So 12 seems to be about right. He isn't a power guy. You'd like to see a little bit of an uptick in the contact rate. Um, I, th I think it was just a slightly down year and Segura is a solid major league player that will be just fine. He's going to play for the Phillies next season, almost yes. certainly. So we just have to cross our fingers and hope that he, um, he has an up season. Absolutely. Um, we've sort of covered whether we would have Dickerson back or not. Uh, I think Adam Hazley has possibly pushed Dickerson out of coming back. Uh, Andrew McCutcheon, uh, before he got injured, 0.256 average, 10 home runs, 29 RBIs. Brought so much more than that to his defence and off the field. Man, I can't wait to see this guy back next season. Yeah, we really need him back because that's probably going to be, if he's healthy, you'd like to think 25 home runs. Um, he takes his walks. And he's just a fantastic clubhouse veteran. Even when injured, he was having fun down there in the clubhouse. And I just think that the Phillies... The Phillies are going to be better all round once Andrew McCutcheon's back on the field. Absolutely. Um, number 40, 23 years old, Adam Hazley. I can't believe he was our first round draft pick in 2017. What a progression for Adam Hazley. 
Um, average 2.66. That got higher and higher as the season went on. Uh, five home runs, 26 RBIs, four stolen bases, but defensively magnificent. Got better and better. Played himself into a, a starter for next year. Um, Ryan, Adam Hazley. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have to be outstanding offensively to um to sort of warrant his spot because he's been so good defensively. And as Alex yeah. always says, centre field is such an important position defensively that you just want someone out there that can do the job and then and then sort of not stink offensively in the batter's box. So if he can come in, I'm not sure that he has loads of power, but if he could if he could give us 15 home runs with a little bit of speed on the base pads, he's got a decent batting eye and he's good in centre field. Ah, the kid could be finding himself a permanent home here at Citizens Bank Park. I'm hoping. And as Alex said earlier on, that the Phillies looking for someone to the RBI man to get the RBIs over the over the plate. And Adam Hazley could be in the middle of the order, well, lower in the order guy. He could he could just do that because he came up clutch uh, a few times this season. You know, there weren't big games, but there were moments for him as a player who men on second, men on third, get him over, and he did. Uh, he yeah. came up clutch a few times, so there's so many encouraging signs for Adam Hazley, and I'm, I'm really looking forward to watching him next year. Uh, Scotty Kingery, Mr. Utility, Mr. Versatile, 25 years old now, um, plays everywhere. Uh, average 2.58, 19 home runs, 55 RBIs, 15 stolen bases, Mr. Jetpacks. Um, it was an up year for Scotty, big improvement on last season, and that's all you could have asked for, really. He was great. Point of order first. I, d- I did see Adam Hastley's debut for the Phillies after McCutcheon's yeah, injury in San Diego. So that's a, as did Dave Lewis, who was there with me. So maybe one day we can look back and say we we were there when that kid, you know, if he's a hero. So anyway, um, Scott Kingry, what a, what a year. And, you know, I, I have openly said and still say that. His strikeout to walk ratio is absolutely alarming. No one, no one should be striking out that much and not walking that much and be doing this well. But he's got power. He's got speed. He's an exciting player. When he makes contact, it often goes, it just seems to explode off his bat and he, he can get to second. He's got triples in his locker. He's he's an exciting player and exactly the sort of player that I think should be in this lineup, making us all excited and yeah, I like Kingery. I do. And I, I look at him and I think that there's still more to come from this man because he's a little bit streaky at times. He did have a few down down patches, but... Those strikeouts will do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they will. But but the thing is that Kingery, the amount of strikeouts he gets, he doesn't let it get him down, does he? No, he keeps, no, he's he a confident man. Back. I think he's a very mentally strong player, which is really a good attribute to have as well because like, his strikeout rate is ridiculous, but... And many players, when you see him strike out, get so down, sort of going to a rut. But Kingery, I think he's very mentally strong. I'm looking forward to seeing more from Scott Kingery next season. Uh, he's hitting 19 home runs with that strikeout rate. And then I'm starting to think, if he can just improve a little bit and make a little bit more contact, is this a guy that can get over 30? Like, in a really good year, yeah, where he yeah. starts to see the ball and he's seen Major League pitching, I think this is a kid that could go over 30. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, he's an exciting talent. Uh, Jay Bruce, uh, injury hit season really for Jay. 0.216 average, though he's not an average player. 26 home runs, a majority of those in the first half of the year. RBI 59, one stolen base. Wow. 
Um, Jay Bruce is back next year. Uh, good power off the bench. Yeah, really good. Sort of basically Brad Miller, but with more power and more experience because, again, he can't really hit lefties. <laughs> um he did okay. He was great. When he came in, he had a really good patch. He does have power. It's, it will be nice if he's healthy. And that's exactly the sort of bat, because I don't want to, I'm not being negative on him here. He is who he is. He's a little bit older. He won't be able to hit lefties. But what he can do, which the likes of Sean Rodriguez and Phil Goslin and Andrew Napier, these bench bats weren't scary to opposition teams late in games. Whereas you trot Jay Bruce out there, yeah, okay, this guy can hit a home run, so we're going to have to be careful with him, which brings with it a few more walks or a wild pitch or a home run. So, yeah, I'm, I think he's a good addition for next season. Yeah, absolutely. No, I agree with that. And uh, finally on the outfield, uh, offensively, Bryce Harper, 2.260 oh, average. That got higher. That was down the two low 250s. So he brought that up second half of the year. 35 home runs, 114 RBIs, and the stolen base team leader with 15. I have loved watching Bryce Harper this year. What he He's everything and more that I, I hoped for, for Bryce. Oh, he's been great. That's the second most home runs he's ever hit. 42 is his most. So that was interesting. And there's more still in there because... He's had two seasons in his career where his OPS has been over 1,000. In fact, in 2015, it went over 1,100, which is ridiculous. I still think, even though he's a little older now, I still think well, he's only 26. There's still something in there for Bryce where if he gets absolutely torrid and starts crushing the ball, we're looking at another 40 home run season. And if him and Reese do it at the same time, then the Phillies might just be okay next season. And Kingery and JT and... <laughs> But We're well, an excitable bunch. I, I like this podcast because there are reasons to be positive and we're not being positive for positive sake. Of course, no, no. some of these guys do have downsides as well. I try and keep it realistic. I try and be fair. But there are players in this team that, you know, sports is about trying to improve the players that you've already got. It isn't. Mm. You don't always need to go and sign new players and shiny new toys if you can improve the players you've already got, then you can improve your win-loss record. It's as simple as that. And, and don't forget, these stats are with... What, Bryce had a torrid start. After that Braves... Was it after the Nats series? He went on a horrible patch uh, in April and early May, didn't he? He was really struggling. People going, oh, no, Bryce is overrated. Oh, he's, he's, that's it. this is the real Bryce. Um, the oh. way he's bounced back. Imagine a year of just how he's been the second half of the year. Damn. Yeah. He absolutely he he's swinging for the fences so often, and he's he's. I think we mentioned before this season that his contact rate isn't. He's not a Gene Segura. He's not going to be making contact all the time, and he does strike out a lot. But he makes up for that a billion times over with the amount of power and the fear that he puts oh. into opposition pitchers. You know, his swing. I just love it. It's literally like a. It's like an uppercut, and it's just yeah. so... It's just the raw power that man has. And when I was watching him, when I was out there watching him up close behind home plate, it's just what is like a... It, the raw power... I'm watching him do BP as well. It's just the, the raw power of someone is just... Un, I've never seen anything like it being that close. It's just... I'm in awe. I was watching him going, Jesus! Like, that's not even humanly possible. And, and then... Uh, the only player to me 
go, wow, watching up close was when I saw Aaron Judge taking BP in London because same thing that you've got to appreciate raw power and athleticism like that because it's just it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Uh, pictures quickly. We've covered quite a bit of the pictures already, so we'll quickly go over these. Hector Neris, uh, 68 games, 2.93 ERA. Uh, I've lost his saves. I think it was... I can't remember. Damn. Um, 89 strikeouts, one, 1.02 whip. Glorious. Glorious. Hector, Hector's done the job. Glorious. You no, know, I don't get the criticism. He's not a natural-born closer. He's not a closer. He's been flung into this role for two years running because our closers go down injured. He's done exactly what's it's just, of him. It's just the, the home runs that haunt him a little, you know, the odd sort of meatball that goes down the middle and, and gets ripped. But when that when that cutter's on, when he's flying, he strikes out guys at a great rate. He's, his control's been pretty damn good this season. His whip's at 1.020, striking out 12 per nine. He is such a crucial piece in this bullpen, and we need to keep him healthy and keep him at the back end of the bullpen. I'm absolutely, you know, and it, we could have gone and signed Craig Kimbrell, by the way. If if, exactly. if we really panicked, we could have gone and given him a three or four year deal, and the guy absolutely stinks. So this guy's better. <laughs> by the way, uh, Neris's career ERA is 3.29. That's damn good. You it's know? not bad. I mean, you, as well, yeah, but, yeah, I agree yeah, with but, that. You... Yeah, but everyone makes out that he's like a, a times a, a six seven ERA guy. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And yeah. it is, it's a little different for relievers because you sort yeah, of relievers want to be down near, near two or whatever. But things are changing with the ball flying like it is as well, Dave. Like ERAs are going up naturally. Exactly. Hector Neris has had a great season, and anyone who says otherwise is <laughs> has not been watching. <laughs> <laughs> Be nice. <laughs> uh, Jose Alvarez is a guy who's impressed me because his first month didn't was very turbulent, didn't go well. His ERA was in the sevens. I I, I remember our early podcasts. I was saying that Alvarez and Nicasio aren't doing it for me. He finished on an ERA of three point three six, fifty one strikeouts, fifty nine innings. This guy became a, a big part of the bullpen. Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, his overall um, final line wasn't great, but that's been a little bit at odds with his previous two seasons in LA where he performed really well. Um, he's he's going to be around, isn't he? We need if, if Morgan isn't coming back as a lefty either, the, the, we need lefties in the bullpen to sort of fill the specialist role that they're required to do. And um, yeah, I think he'll he'll be absolutely fine. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, we've sort of uh, covered the rotation quite a bit. Let's talk about Nola. We haven't really talked about Nola that much. ERA finishing on three point eight seven, two hundred and twenty nine strikeouts. Uh, September was an absolute disaster, and the season started disastrously as well. It, the middle part was fantastic. We saw elite Nola. Do you think in September, Ryan? We burnt Nola out by using him every every fifth starter. Did he did he look fatigued? Um, no, I don't. I don't personally buy that. I think that we had quite a tough schedule in September as well, if I remember. So I think there were some tough teams that he was up against. Mm. Oh, it's a brutal um, schedule. Yeah, he just needs to find it. if he can find a way to to hit the ground running next season. I don't see anything in Nola's underlying stats or the eye test either that says that he's anything other than he has been. 
since we've had him over the last three years. So yeah. I think Noel is absolutely fine. Bonafide ace. It'd just be nice to get him a, a partner in crime. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I keep forgetting Noel's only 26. Yeah. He's been around a while, but yeah, he's yeah. only 26. There's so many of our players that are like that age, which is a really F- good Eflin age 25. to still grow, you know? And I, I think Eppling will be a fifth man in the start of next year. Uh, and 25 years old. And I liked what I saw from Zach at times. You know, he, he showed he had two complete games, two shutouts as well, I think. He definitely had one. He, he, he's shown that it's in, it's in his locker. He's got it. Uh, when it went wrong, it went wrong for Zach. But he finished on an ERA of 4.13. That's not disastrous. It's weird for Zach because his control is improving and improving. And he, he pounds the strike zone early in the count. His first pitch strike rate is up near 68% this year, which is a career high. And yet he isn't a swinging strike guy. So the reason people used to get excited about Nick Pavetta and Vince was that they could really miss bats and they had this, you know, Pavetta has a great fastball. Oh, well, sorry. Vince has a great fastball and Pavetta has a decent um, curveball. And so people used to get really excited that they were missing bats when in actual fact, the control that Eflin has even though he isn't doing the exciting strikeout stuff, is serving him better because if he trusts his stuff, which is good enough mm. to induce weak contact, that's what's allowing him to go deep into games. If you, you try and miss every single bat and strike people out, you, your pitch count's way high and you can only go five innings. Absolutely. I'd, I'd certainly have him over a fifth start next year over Vince. That, that's, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Vince, uh, okay, Vince, rotate uh, bullpen next year or AAA or gone? I think that there is a role that could be, he's on, you know, he's only 27. He does strike people out. He's not a starter. We've seen it. He can't do it. We all know it. It's not going to happen. But I do think there's a talented pitcher in there, and I do think with the right management, we can find a role in the bullpen to make this guy really useful. I still, I still believe he can be a useful piece in the bullpen. Do you believe? How old is Vince? Vince is what? 27? Twenty-seven. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think the same with Nick Pavetta, twenty-six, or, or do you think Pavetta's a little um, has a few more issues? Yeah, I, I, I do. It was so concerning. Like people, the the contact against him, it's just too much. Like I, I just that was such a disappointing season. I, based on what I'm seeing, it's looking like 2018 was a bit of an aberration for Nick. I, I don't think that I would. I want to see Nick start in AAA again. I and that sounds. Maybe I'm missing. Maybe I've got them the wrong way around. I could be completely proven wrong, and Vince could be the one that they they cut ties with, and Nick could turn it around. Still, um, they're both at a reasonable age, but are, are we going to trust them in high leverage situations, early doors? Probably not. I I, I don't think so. You know, the, no. the, fact, the thing is, Nick had such a good spring training, and everybody was on like they put him second in rotation, and it just it backfired terribly. And that can really hit mentally a young pitcher like that as well. And I think it has. You know, I look at him now and I think he even looks a shadow of himself from what it was in spring or even last yeah. year. And it's got to knock you back mentally as a young as a young pitcher. Um, I think AAA is, is the right move for Nick. Just to see if he can get his confidence back. Just to see if he can get 
the, the stuff the stuff that he did have working again and get his confidence back because his confidence looks shot even in the bullpen his confidence he doesn't look a confident pitcher he doesn't when he, when he went to the mound he didn't feel with confidence he didn't look confident I don't think he feels himself with confidence yeah, they, and they've got to just change their mentality, both of them. If they're going to the bullpen, if they're just going to be one-inning guys, then they both have stuff that can dominate if they dial it up over the course of 15 to 20 pitches. Um, so it's like... <laughs> yeah, it's just like... I don't know. Something needs to change. Something, there's something definitely not right. Well, let's see, and, let's see what a new, a new pitcher coach could bring. Maybe yeah. they, they, they could unlock it. Uh, that's it. I don't want to just throw them away. I don't want to just say on the podcast now, right, their careers are done, that's it, no chance. I don't think that's the case with either of them. But obviously there has to be there has yeah. to be improvement. There has no, to be. I, I, I agree 100%. However, Vargas and Smiley, they are, they're not coming back, are they? Done. 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 They are done. <laughs> you are throwing them <laughs> into the ponds. They're done. Thank you for eating some innings. Have a nice end of your career. Bye-bye. Yeah. Yeah, Vargas didn't work out at all. He looked good for the Mets, but yeah, like um, like Cabrera last year for the Mets, it hasn't worked. No. Uh, that's that's basically that's that's pretty much a wrap, Ryan. I think we've covered every angle. I think we've well, covered it all. It's probably positive news because my cats want some dinner, Dave. If I'm <laughs> that's that's that okay to right? podcast let, listeners. Let, let them all know about your cat side. <laughs> I love this. Right. I, I do. This has been absolutely glorious. So, like, just going through it and positively analyzing and thinking about where we can improve um, and seeing seeing what did work and what didn't work is it's what the front office are going to have to do, and let's hope they do it well. Well, they're going to have to because they've been quoting 2020 as a year uh, for a, a few years now. So there's going to be expectations going to be even bigger next year. Uh, however, if we do fill those gaps, which they're going to, they're going to try to, no doubt about it. Uh, we could be, we, we're going to be in for an exciting year next year. Yeah, um, start well. I think Spencer Howard's going to be up at some point as well. I think he'll start in AAA, if I'm honest. And... You know, he can contribute if he gets off to a good start down in the minors. So if we start decently, we might just get some help with Howard Bohm as well, Alec Bohm. Absolutely. Um, I, I tell we'll you what, see. I'm looking forward to seeing them in, in spring training. Looking forward to seeing yeah, my first proper look of it. I mean, and it will be the majority of the fans' first look at these guys in spring training. Yeah, it's going to um, be. I'm looking for, yeah, like you said, I am looking forward to it. Um, guys, thank you so much for listening throughout the season, guys. I, we honestly can't thank you guys enough uh, and for all the fantastic feedback we've had from you guys as well. Um, I honestly didn't think that that many people would listen when we first started doing these podcasts, um, but uh, we've had some fantastic numbers. Uh, thank you to Tim Sokol, Tom McCarthy and Greg Murphy we've had on throughout the season uh, for coming on and give us, uh, giving us their time. Really appreciate it. Uh, and and to you guys, thank you so much for subscribing, liking the podcast, listening, giving us some awesome feedback, uh, getting involved with the account the account throughout the year on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, honestly, it's so much fun. You guys make it so much fun to do. Um, yeah, we're we're going to be back bigger, bigger next year. Like I said at the start, we're going to come back at all angles. You know, we've got everything covered. Uh, it's going to be fun. It's it's all about for you guys. It's 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 for us to talk baseball, but. It's for the fans over here in the UK to come together with all you guys in the States and around the world. We're like a global fan base. And 
we like to make it fun and, and get you guys involved. And next year, we really want that that fan fun. Come on, following baseball is a fun sport. Following the Phillies, although it's it's hard. I know, guys, it's hard. I've been following since 2012. I've only ever seen losing seasons. The fact that we finished on 500 this year is a very small victory. But let, let's let's have fun and laugh on the way. I think we're going to be a fun team to watch next year. Uh, we're going to have make it fun following the Phillies. Uh, it's been great to see so many new fans uh, here, especially here in the UK, getting involved and interacting with us as well. Uh, a lot of new fans have said that you know they've heard the podcast and like what we do and have got involved. And that's great. I want to keep building this fan base over here. Keep banging the Phillies drum this side of the pond. And, and who knows, hopefully next year we'll get the big announcement that they will be coming over for international series. Fingers crossed in the future. Uh, but Ryan, what's been your highlight of the season? You know what, when I was out there for that second game of the season, freezing cold, queuing for quite a while to get a hot chocolate just so I didn't sort of freeze over, um, when Bryce Harper, early doors, hit that home run and I just thought... We finally got a player, and he proved to be that as the season went on, and I think there's more to come. So, yeah, that, that was my per- – I know that was an early one, and it's a bit personal, but being there in the stadium with a with a crowd that was behind the team was just great. I'm so jealous. Like, when I was, when I was there in June, it was bloody awesome, and uh, I got to see Jay Bruce home run. I got to see Nick Pavetta complete game. Hey. How wow. Many, how many can say that? Yeah, not many. <laughs> Probably just you. Pavetta was outstanding uh, that, that day as well. Uh, we won that series 2-1 against the Reds. We lost the last game. We should have won that as well. Uh, Zach Eflin blew it. Um, but the Harper Grand Slam was special for me. That's the first time... I've probably the, Well, since we've been following the Phillies, the, the most... In fact, it's probably the first time I've screamed for a, for a Grand Slam walk-off. Like, proper being so jubilant it just felt like a real moment um i just i loved it it was just incredible and the commentary as well the, oh my god from john crook um that was a real moment like i've never celebrated a home run in the whole of i've ever been following the Phillies. i know it's not that long compared to a lot of you guys but for me that was just a special moment uh my player of the season is bryce it's a tough i think i will vote bryce tomorrow I, JT's been extraordinary, but Team JT guys, I just I just love watching Bryce this year. I just love, and the guy just gets it. He gets he gets Philly. He is Mister Philly. He's gonna be Mister Philly down the line. He's gonna be Mister Philadelphia. He just gets it. I love the guy. I loved his interview, uh, his speech to the crowd on Sunday, the last game. Um, most disappointing player, Ryan. For you, most disappointing. Oh, I think Nick Pavetta. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Mm, I was going to say Nick as well, but I don't want to be the same. So I'm going to say Reese, not because. Uh, oh, no. Actually, I should have thought about this answer more. Reese, because I love him and I want him to break out badly next year. Like, back to what we project and hope for him. I, I, I think I'm disappointed because I. I expected more from Reese this year. Not that he was bad, mm-hmm. like, like you said, but I just expected him and Harper together to play a bigger role than what they did. And in the end, it was more workload. Like Harper sort of delivered more than Reese did. And I was really expecting those two back-to-back to, to be just a dynamic duo. It never quite happened. 
but uh, is that am I being too harsh? No, no, I think that's fair. You're basically saying you think he's a really, really good player and you're just a little bit disappointed that he didn't quite yeah. hit, hit the crazy heights. And yeah. that, that, and, that and, is and acceptable. Because <laughs> I love, And I love the guy as well. He's my man. You know, I, I he's the first guy that I've properly followed since we drafted him and, you know, properly watched someone through come through the minors. He was that guy. And I was up every night watching every game live until he hit his first home runs, you know, because I felt like it was a full circle watching him from draft to his first home run. And yeah, I just, I love the kid, you know, really, really hope for him next year and for the team that he's, he's back to, you know, that Harper, imagine Harper and Hoskins and, and JT, that dynamic free, Segura and, oh, I get excited thinking, I can't, God, it's too early, it's too early in the off season to start getting excited, this excited. Uh, Ryan, Man, this is sad. It's the end. It's the end. Of the well, no, it's not. The site is up soon, guys, like Dave said, and this is just the start. So it's the end. We've had a great season. The podcast has been so much fun for us to do, and I hope for you guys to listen to. And next season, you're getting even more yes. UK Phillies content. Absolutely. Involving you guys. You know, we're going to be more fan interactive as well. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. Enjoy October baseball, guys. Enjoy the playoffs. They've been great so far already. My tip, who are you backing for the playoffs, Ryan? No, the Dodgers are going to win it all. Anyone but the... The Braves get knocked out in the first in the, against the Cardinals. Brilliant. Whatever happens after that is brilliant. Uh, I'm going Astros. I would love to see a new winner. I'd love to see the Twins or... Um, God, my mind's gone blank. Or the Rays. Someone new, uh, new, but like an underdog. But I think the Astros are going to do it. Ryan, for the final time this season, mate, ring the bell, buddy. Ring the bell. Ding, ding. We're out of here. Enjoy the off season, guys. <laughs>